Hi friends and welcome to Day Sam's World. Here's where we get down with real talk in a safe space to encourage brave conversations. I am Jay Sam, your host, and I'm here today with my co-host Michelle and a very, very special guest. And we would like to welcome you to this podcast episode. Hey, 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 y'all. Oh my God, we have got an episode for you. I am so, so excited. But we have an amazing guest here today. She, with everything that's going on in the world and people trying to understand transgender people and the, um, the, the understanding behind it, because the mental state, the mental piece behind it, there's so much. So we decided to um, reach out to the lovely Miss Dolores Van Cartier, who is a world-renowned performer. She has won a number of different beauty pageants um, that has to revolve around the trans community. And she is very well known in her industry. So we would like to take this moment to welcome the lovely and fabulous Miss Dolores Van Cartier. Yay! <laughs> Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome. <laughs> thank you so much for being here. And Michelle and I have been so excited about doing this. It's, yes. I mean, yes. your life and just the transgender life in general is very fascinating. I say that with all due respect, because when I was in my undergraduate program, I wanted to really understand what that looks like. You know, people don't believe it exists. People don't understand it. People think it's this horrible thing. I wanted to understand this whole concept and a whole perspective behind it. And I got a really good understanding through my research, what the Bible says about it. Um, just understanding the the nature and the naturalism of it all. And I got to tell you, it's really fascinating. Like my professors were asking me questions. Well, do you think this? Do you think that? And I'm like, I don't know. From my research, I can only tell you what I think it is. But God, you have a story to tell. Okay. And you guys, I got to be really honest with you. Dolores is my sister. Why don't you tell us from the time you can remember? what your thoughts were? Hmm. Um, well, I can tell you um, this lifestyle is is not a, con- a concept, but at least it shouldn't be, right? It's more so the way of life, just like anybody would grow up and say, I'm going to be a fireman, I'm going to be this, I'm going to be that. It, it's really basically the same thing. Um, I didn't come into myself until um, I think I was 17 or started coming into myself when I was 17, 16, 17, something like that. But I don't remember much um, from those early years. Quite honestly, I do remember that I was quite different. I do remember, you know, the teasing and, 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 the, the lack of friends that I actually had, I do remember having mm-hmm. to depend on. It was a very lonely time. I can I can say that. Very, very lonely. So I didn't understand a few things even about myself. I've always heard stories that um, my siblings knew more about me than I did, which I'm sure that is very, very true. Well, I remember Shirley... Um, our sister Shirley was, you know, always told me we were at the plaza or something and she gave me a piece of paper and, you know, I walked over and I just pranced over to the garbage can and threw the paper away. And <laughs> then I came back and crossed my leg, you know, I had to be all like five or six. I, that I don't remember, obviously. Um, right. So they knew more 
uh, you know, than, than I did. And you know, all I just knew is that I was different. I didn't feel the same way. It was just the shell. It was just this lonely shell because I didn't feel like I fit in anywhere, you know? So I always stayed in the house under yeah. my grandmother. Um, and, you know, and then when she passed away, I stayed under my mom. You know, it was just, I was just very sheltered in, in, in that aspect. <clears throat> my dad was always there. Um, our relationship was never copacetic, quite honestly. Never really felt that support on that side. However, my father has always supported the things that I've done, but as the person that I was born as, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Mm -hmm. So um, my father never told me he loved me until I was 23 years old. My siblings, quite honestly, they were a little questionable at times, but I think that's just because I was the youngest. Felt love for my, you know, for my mom and my grandmother, Brat and <laughs> on everybody's nerves. That's, That's how just it how it goes, you know? <laughs> Looking back, I think I lucked out because I can remember a time that nobody ever, I never told anybody, you know, um, you know, about half the things that, you know, I had to go through. But, you know, I, I got beat up once. Nobody knew about it because I was on the wrong side of the track. It had nothing to do with, you know, who I was in, in that world. It was just the fact that, you know, I said that I lived someplace and I really didn't. And then when they found out who I was, I was like, oh, yeah, well, we, we shouldn't hit them in the mouth. And that, this, that, and the other. So, you know, I've been through all of that before, but it was never um, <clears throat> a time, um, you know, but I think for the most part, where I was actually threatened when I was younger, right? I was, I think I was more so protected then and I was just nice kid, you know? I was just nice. Mm -hmm. So that's why nobody <laughs> really bothered me. You know that, you know, oh, it's just nice, you know? So <laughs> the, the, the Michael Jackson syndrome that nobody really knew, that type yeah. thing. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so those early years were just, just, Interesting to say the least, but I'm very grateful for them. Absolutely, because they they are a part of me and they are you know a part of of my daily struggle. So let me ask you this question: Do you remember um, when you were younger, <laughs> Gina and Selena? I do remember Gina and Selena. <laughs> so Gina and Selena, guys, was um, my twin sister. For some reason, she just felt like everybody should just dress up and look like her. She had this thing. So she created, we have a brother, his name is Taiji. And mm -hmm. Taiji was either Gina, no, Taiji was Gina and Dolores I was, I was, was Selena. Selena. Mm -hmm. She was, she was <laughs> um, even though at the time her gender was male, um, she, she was <laughs> Selena. But the thing about Gina Selena, you know, Gina she was like this male kind of girl, but Selena was not. Selena just played that role entirely too well. That I do remember. I do remember that. <laughs> entirely. Like, you would have thought that that she was a princess. Like, she had it nailed through science. But, you know, you know, Taiji was just like that typical boy. So, you know, at the time, it's like, oh, you know, kids dress up, you know, think about it. But we were like, so, mm -mm. Mm -mm. Yeah. Well, he, he grew up. Oh, what's going on with that? Because that is too perfect. Yeah. I mean, the walk, the switching, the everything, and the fling of the wig. I was just done. I just natural. It was just the natural. It was, yeah, it was very, it, looking back on it, it was like very natural. That's the best way to say it. Very natural. So, that's when I think the talkings 
like kind of like started in our family, like, oh, she's going to be gay. Mm. She's going to be gay. She's going to be gay. She's going to be gay because and she's going to be the gay female. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad that like, like that you said that part, because I know for a lot of us, um, one of the things, and I imagine that it's probably one of the most frustrating um, is getting down to the gender and sexuality aspect and people not realizing that those are two different things. Oh, yeah. Um, So Dolores, for you, do you want to like talk a little bit about that from your experience and your perspective? Like, did that make it a little bit even even more challenging, I I would guess, uh, when you're trying when people when you're having conversations with others who are trying to understand? You know, most people think that all gay men want to sleep with all straight men. You know what I'm saying? And it's just, that's just not how it is. So, you know, gender identity versus, you know, homosexuality, that's that's a whole nother, just separate bird in itself, right? Mm -hmm. So I've never had, quote unquote, a normal um, thought process when it comes to things. So even after those early years and going into my teenage years and high schools and having these girlfriends and, you know, my emotions about everything was just kind of mixed with, you know, with a guy, you know, a, a kiss, you know, I was 16. I was extremely confused. You know, I went to South Shore High School. He went to CVS and we were at this Say No the Drugs parade or whatever. And I was one of the peer leaders. He was in his ROTC suit, you know. And then at that point, I'm like, hmm, I wonder if I walked this way, would he follow me this way? So he did. So then <laughs> I said, well, <clears throat> it's time to leave. He's standing at that bus stop. But I'm going to start walking that way, even though I need to go to this in this direction. So do you know, he followed me and we walked all the way from 87th and Jeffrey to the Dan Ryan, got on the train and then walked from 95th to 103rd, you know, just talking because my curiosities had peaked and I was only 16. So, you know. What were you talking about? Like we were we were just talk, just gosh, everything under the sun. You know, the, the conversation yeah. never came up. Oh, I like you. Oh, you're cute. Oh, we're gay. We're, you know what I'm saying? That conversation <laughs> never happened. It was just one of those things. You notice me. I notice you. I know what that look is. And so mm-hmm. nothing happened mm-hmm. then. And then fast forward a little bit. Well, my graduation day from South Shore, we went to the strip club called What's Poppin'. I don't know if you all remember what's popping. It was on uh, Halstead, 67 in Halstead, I think it was. I've heard of it, but I've never, like, I don't know much about it. But continue. So I was trying to play the part, um, you know, that, that straight straight boy part, you know, with my other classmates. You know, when the, the girl strippers came on, I was trying to get all into it and everything and this, that, and the other. You know, and then when male strippers came on, we all went to the back and I'm still trying to, I'm like, wait, I want to see, I want to see that too. You know, it was very, it was very <laughs> bad. So I was a little bit more in touch with my feelings then. And then, of course, I started pursuing people and getting boyfriends and this, that, and the third. Now, the performance aspect came into play when I was turning 18. No, I was 17. Me and my boyfriend at the time went to this club up north on the north side of Chicago called Mahon Cafe. And I walked in and I saw this person, this entity, if you will, 
on stage performing. She was just so beautiful. She was statuesque. She had on the swimsuit, you know? And I'm like, oh my God. And then he told me, you know, well, she's, she's, um, she's a trans woman. She's, you know, this, that, and the other. I'm like, what? What's that? I don't know what that was. But I just wanted, mm-hmm. I know that I wanted to perform. Years before, I think, Sharon, you remember ETA Creative Arts Foundation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a scholarship with Renako Jahi. And mm-hmm. that scholarship landed me an interview or a uh, audition with the producers from Family Matters. And I never went. Oh, so no. true story, I was supposed to be Steve Urkel. But oh my God. I never went simply because I wanted to go home every day and watch a show called Dangerous Women. <laughs> hmm. oh, God. That wow. is a true, <laughs> true story. I want oh, to go wow. home and watch Dangerous Room. And if you look it up on YouTube, it is the, the cheesiest, campiest thing like ever in the world. But that's what I want to do. <laughs> Needless to say, I lost my opportunities there. I lost my scholarship because I just, oh, I'm sick this week. Oh, you know, I, I can't walk out. I don't have no bus fare to get there. It was just excuse after excuse after excuse. So after learning this, of course, I was kicking myself in the face. So when I saw this person on stage, I've always had that acting need that you know that persona that you know want to be somebody else because of course I was going through my own personal struggles too you know I wanted to do what she did some years later I saw you know some some women from Paris and uh France and saw those shows and then we just started getting to that okay so let me ask you this question was it because it seems like it was more of a desire to perform and not a desire to be a woman that is correct so you, there's a whole population out there. You have the DL guys, the guys that are on the DL, right? Mm-hmm. Um, who are gay and don't want anybody to know that they're gay. So they have these underground affairs and they're married and have children. Yeah, and we, we call those we call those men trade. Okay. Because they're trading mm-hmm. one lifestyle to the next. For another. Mm-hmm. Right. So then you have then you have the drag queens. So you have so wait a minute. Then you have males who like to dress in women clothing. They identify as being male, but they're married to a female, and their wives have gotten adjusted because this is what makes them happy. They, there's a whole community out there, and every year they meet together and they get together mm-hmm. and they just be women all weekend long because they like the attention of women, but they identify as male and. They are not gay. They are 100% straight. Mm-hmm. Then you have the male population who actually likes to perform as female impersonators. Okay. So they are also classified as drag queens who like to dress in that area. It's that desire to just want to be in women's clothing and perform and, and just do whatever it is that they do. Mm-hmm. Then you actually have the actual trans people who identify, who when they look in the mirror, they see themselves as a woman, they feel that their body parts, their genitals that they were born with is just like a disease or it's a, uh, a defect, it shouldn't be there, something's wrong. And they see themselves as the other gender. So honestly, you know, it sounds like you, you just wanted to just, perform you see yourself performing you you know had some trying to figure out if you were gay at the time if you were gay but when did that when did that whole shift happen because 
it's like you are a performer. You've made your life out of that. You've made great money. You are a success at it. You are a well-known name. The world knows you. So at what point did you say, I'm really not a drag queen? I am really trans. Hmm. What did that click in? Well, it's kind of hard to pinpoint, quite honestly, because when I walked in, when I walked in that club that day, um, I didn't see, I didn't want to cut my eyebrows. I didn't want to wear women's clothing all day long. I did not want to be, I didn't want to be, first of all, I didn't want to be gay. I didn't want to be called names anymore because it was just so traumatic growing up. You know, I didn't want to be, be uh, known as a gay man. I just did not. So um, I could express myself in the way that I thought it was appropriate if I did, if I did shows, if I performed. So that day um, after that, when I was coming home on the train and, you know, I, I called mom because, you know, I was, I was living with her still at the time. And she says, you know, our landlady underneath, you know, under, who lived underneath us just passed away. And she's like, well, get home safe, this, that, and third. So I'm on, I'm on the train. I'm thinking, I'm like, you know what? Life is just too short for me to try to hide who I am. Try, you know, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just tired because this woman died. You know what I'm saying? I mean, this, this could have been me. This could have been her. This could have been anybody. So that was the night I decided to go home and tell mom, you know, and I didn't say I was gay. I never, ever, 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 even to, to this day, never labeled myself as gay. And that's just because of, of the quote unquote bad stigma that I grew up with and being teased with. I've never ever said that. But I told her, the way I told her was, I said, mom, I have something to tell you. She sat down on my bed and I said, I wanna do shows. She said, okay. I said, no, I wanna do drag shows. And her words was, her, her exact words was, listen, I already knew. I was just waiting for you to tell. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, she called Sharon, and Sharon called everybody. And then <laughs> and everybody was calling me. You know, oh, we're so happy for you, finally, blah, 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 this, that, and the other, whatever. You know, and, and that was the first time that I can remember that I've ever felt 100% supported by my family. And I know that that right there was probably the best gift that I've ever had because people in this lifestyle and the alternatives of this lifestyle do not have that. They do not have that support. That's why people create drag families. That's why, you know, people end up committing suicide and things of that nature because they don't have that level of support. It becomes an abomination, you know, for them. Um, so for a while, I just did shows, it shows, it shows, it shows. I've seen the girls who have transformed into transgender, um, women for the stage. And when that stage career was over, they killed themselves or, wow. uh, they transformed themselves for a boy. When that relationship was over, they killed themselves. You know? So, so we, you know, so I'm still trying to like understand this though, because is if they transform themselves to be a woman, that doesn't necessarily make them trans. It just makes them they want to make it as real as possible. 
Um, so it, trans is really, a, there's very few people in the, in the world that are 100% trans. There are some people that call themselves trans and you can't argue with them. That's just how they feel. But they're the ones that go through the sex change operation that has the, the ones that they, there are people out there that will do anything. These are the ones that will kill themselves if they cannot get this done. These are the in ones. Some, in some instances. So being it, trans is not a state of mind. Um, it is it is a physical, more so of a physical thing to be defined as being transgender, because um, if you feel that you're a woman and you dress like a woman every day, but have not had any type of alterations, then technically you're not trans. You know, exactly. You're you're technically not trans. It's, that's just how right. it is. That's how it is. Yeah. But it's not one of those things where you know this community will say, "Oh, you're just a man in a dress." You know what I'm saying? It is just right. if we don't do that. They're going through their transition is the proper terminology for the proper phrasing. <laughs> you know, this mm-hmm. person is going through their transition. You mm-hmm. know, but they're technically not mm-hmm. trans. Um, I I'm happy with everything that I have done. I'm happy to go along with the program the way it is. You know, I'm pretty satisfied with, with how things are. I don't intend on going any further, you know, but that's mm-hmm. just my personal choice. I don't remember what conversation I had with myself when I started thinking this is what I wanted to do every day. All I knew was I didn't want to be a gay man. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. Because we're going to have to continue this conversation in a second podcast episode. Um, Yes, because this is. This is awesome. Yeah, I think we're about to get to the heart of some stuff here. So I think that's really, really important. Um, But for right now, um, we're going to have to, because our time is up, and we only have a certain amount of time. So our time is up, but we will have Mr. Loris Van Cartier back with us to continue this conversation in our um, next podcast um, episode coming up, which will be hopefully next Tuesday. Um, so we try to drop one every Tuesday. So Dolores, I just want to say thank you for being here today and God, we are learning so much. Mm -hmm. It's only going to get better. And, um, Michelle, as always, you're my co-host. Love having you. Love having you and talking with you. (laughs) Dolores, it has been awesome. Like I cannot wait to continue this conversation with Mm -hmm. you because I just think it is so important for, you know, because we need to understand each other as people and we are different and that is okay. You know, so I I really appreciate you being willing to share your experience um, because I truly believe that this is all very valuable Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's going to be a really, really great learning experience for some people who may not understand. Absolutely. So thank you. And they're getting it directly from a trans person. They're getting it directly from a trans person. They don't have to wonder, um, you know, so that's the beautiful part. So we want to say thank you for being here with us today. Absolutely. And I'm sure our audience is looking forward to hearing more about you and your journey and so forth and maybe about your family, how that looks for them and what that looks like moving forward. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Well, friends, our time has come to an end here at J. Sims World. Here's where we get down with real talk and a safe space to encourage brave conversations. I am J. Sam, your host. 
with my co-host Michelle. And Bye, y'all. <laughs> and we like to say to you, as we always do, be kind to one another, be amazing, and most definitely stay woke. Take care. <laughs>